Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of, be of the highest good for all present and those listening, so mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. All our omens hold the mystery of some grave human consequence, now forgotten, leaving only the gleaming symbol in its aftermath. Welcome to Signs and Omens, the 175th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of poet Dream Negrifa. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. And I am sensing the omen that Carr will not be with us today because he has a sore throat. Mm-hmm. Hi, Mary Meat. My name is Gwyn. And I'm Ode's mother. <laughs> Carr had just recovered from COVID. He had. And now he has a sore throat from something else, we assume. Mm-hmm. So he is again not with us. He is again not with us. All and a sundry, please light a candle for Carr that he does not get a worse thing uh-huh. than what he had. Hope this isn't stress. Like, hope it's just allergies or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he hadn't. He hasn't done too much too uh-huh. soon, and yeah. you know that kind of nonsense that can happen when you get sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we did not have him here today. And yeah, let's see housekeeping. It's the first of the month, so we should be reading patrons. But I forgot to get them, so I will read them in post. <laughs> Maybe when your father's feeling better. Right. Maybe I'll make him do it next week. Y'all, it has been a day. It has been been a a fucking day. It's been a day and a week. (laughs) It's been a time. It's been a time. So The whole of January was January. Mm. And February is starting off on a... Not a, not a great footing. So Shaky we're going to work hard to see if February can be improved from this foundation. And let's see if March can be even better. Kitty Catastrophe says, January was shit and February was just to try me as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems so, to be where we're at. That seems to be where we're at. Any more housekeeping? Nope. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's nothing happening because everything's been fucking canceled. Everything's been canceled. On account of our continuing pandemic. The, the language is a little explicit today. Okay, we're an explicit podcast. That's the feels. Yeah, the feels are explicit. The feels are explicit so, right that's now. That's fine. <laughs> we're all feeling very explicit. We're feeling very explicit right now. We're, God we're, all, damn feeling, it. we're all feeling explicit, frazzled, and tired. And that's yes. just the energy we're going to be bringing to this podcast yes. today. And that's just the end of January. <laughs> so, oh, and into February. Uh-huh. But okay. Gwyn, Gwyn's um, seasonal job is almost done. This is my final week. Yes. Yes. And honestly, you know, I, I am really kind of glad. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. Every time the season comes up, Gwyn is like, I love working at this, at this company. And I, I love this seasonal job I have. And then at the end of it, she's like, I'm so ready to be done with this seasonal job. That's the great thing about a seasonal job, though, is you have a, you know, when you're ending, Mm -hmm. so that by the time you get to that end, you're like, yeah, I can be done with this for a while. And then you're excited to go back. There's, It's a (laughs) win-win sort of situation. It's a cycle. Yeah. Swan asks, oh, did you get a new phone? Not yet. What happened instead is that I... (laughs) The miracle of the phone. There was a miracle. A miracle happened. This was the one good thing that's happened in this last week. My phone, after sitting in rice for two days, was still broken. 
So I talked to a friend at work, I talked to Nix, and she was like, okay, we'll put it back in the rice and put it over the heat register and see if that helps, because maybe the heat will help evaporate anything what's left of it. And I, so I did that for a day, and that still didn't quite work. Like, it was turning on, but then it was turning right back off again. Mm -hmm. So I just was like, all right, well, I don't want this battery to explode, because I can't take it out of the phone. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to set this in a spot on my floor where there's nothing around it, and I'm just going to let the battery drain all the way down to zero and not touch it again. So I did that. And then a few days later, after ignoring it for two or three days, I was like, well, I'm going to see if I can get it to stay on long enough that I can get my contacts off of it and write them down to transfer to the new phone when I get that. Mm -hmm. So I plugged it in very cautiously to get a tiny little bit of charge so that it would turn on. And I turned it on. And I, you know, real quickly was like navigating to my contacts, like, oh, no, quick, get them before it shuts down. And then it just never shut down. And it's been working fine ever since. And it's, it's fine now. It's got one, like, you can tell there that it has been through some troubles. Because so, it's got one weird thing where, like, now some of the keys on the little digital keyboard don't work. But I'm able to work around that because Google's predictive text knows it, what I'm trying to say anyway. It would probably be smart to go ahead and replace it. Yeah, I will be replacing it at some point here. But it's not urgent. Exactly. I, it's no longer a, like, I have to get this done in the next week yeah. or I can't do any of the phone things. Now you don't have to bankrupt yourself. Exactly. To, to, get, a, to, to get, a new get a new phone real rapidly. Yeah. So yes, there was a there was a miracle of the phone. I think that deserves a hail to yes all the gods. Hail to Dictinus and the phone gods and the spirit of the phone. Y'all knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very much against my expectations. <laughs> like I said, it did not. The rice did not work. <laughs> Githa asked, "Did this happen after Mercury Station Direct? I don't know. When did Mercury Station Direct? Someone who does astrology, tell me this. Um, Your phone start when working. did my phone start working again?" It was, let's see, today is the 7th, probably. It started working again. Let's see, it didn't work on the 30th. I left it unplugged. It started working on the 3rd, probably. Station direct on the 3rd. Oh, oh, so yes, exactly the very day that it's station direct is when my phone started working again. There you go. <laughs> Out with the bad energy, in with the good. But that's actually appropriate because astrology yeah, is one of the things that is, falls under the omens category. That's true, and I think we've been... Twittering on for a little uh -huh, while, so uh -huh. we should probably get to our topic. Yes, we're house kept and house swept. <laughs> so we're gonna as be, much as we're gonna be. as much as we will be. Yes, we probably didn't do any sweeping on this one, but we no. did. You know, some basic housekeeping, straightening here and there. Uh huh. <laughs> we picked up the worst of the trash. Okay, so. how much further could we stretch this <laughs> metaphor? I'm just you know interested. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna be talking today about signs and omens, portentous events, mm -hmm. which is technically speaking, a form of divination. It is, technically. But it's usually unprovoked divination, mm -hmm. right? It's an interpretation of events that happen around you without your participation. And it can become part of the cultural ethos. Mm -hmm. And so that there are known omens and signs that people recognize when they happen. And so they can make expectations based on that. Mm -hmm. Omens are generally considered to be predictive events. So mm -hmm. they're usually supposed to predict the results of an upcoming event. Mm -hmm. And omens are traditionally considered to be messages from gods or spirits of mm -hmm. some kind. Like you'll often find there are lots and lots and lots of omens in regard to weather. Yes. We can start with weather. 
Red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at morning, sailors take warning. That's mm-hmm. a well-known omen, if mm-hmm. you will, and rhyme to know when is a good time to sail and when you should be wary and look out for, for storms. Mm-hmm. Another one would be if you see the squirrels gathering extra nuts. Mm-hmm. Or if you see the woolly caterpillar looking particularly woolly. And it's black, bigger on one mm-hmm. end, um, you're going you're in for a rough winter. Mm-hmm. If there's a lot of butterflies around you, it could be a sign from the gods trying to communicate with you, or it could mean that there's a special visitor mm-hmm. on the a way. spirit. You see a lot of times omens are related to natural events. Mm-hmm. Historically, if this was major events, so it would be earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, eclipses, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. The big dramatic natural events that they didn't necessarily have scientific understanding of mm-hmm. were considered omens for major changes mm-hmm. upcoming to ancient peoples. Exactly. And all kinds of animals and, and creatures of nature have omens and signs mm-hmm. attached associated to them, with associated them. with them. Uh, that includes snakes, frogs, rabbits. Crows, birds are a big one. You see lots and lots of birds have uh, omens attached to them, which I think actually hails back to the ancient divinatory tradition of augury, mm-hmm. which was the study of flights of birds. Exactly. And you can, I mean, if anybody has, has lived, you know, in the northern sections, you know to watch for, for the geese mm-hmm. uh, flying south. Mm-hmm. When you start seeing, and the, if they start flying south early... early you know you could be in for some very cold weather. Mm-hmm. Or if you start seeing them return early, mm-hmm. spring is maybe perhaps hopefully, going, on, hopefully the on the way. And let's not forget our friend the groundhog. Yes, Groundhog's Day recently passed. That one's interesting because it's a little more directed. A specific groundhog, mm-hmm. Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah, Pox, Punks, yeah however you say um, Punxsutawney. Yeah. Everyone comes out to observe and see if he sees a shadow and goes back in. Yeah, the fucker said we got six more weeks of winter this year. Um, (laughs) But that's a a provoked but uncontrolled omen, Mm -hmm. essentially. We're going to a specific place with a specific purpose to seek a specific result, but the action of the groundhog itself is not under our control. Mm -hmm. An unprovoked omen is when you just see something in the course of your normal everyday life that you would not normally see. For instance, if a, well, you might see this, but if a a myth or an omen that Mm -hmm. if a a tree drops an acorn on you, it is a symbol of good luck, strength, and power. Right. A lot of these things are also local superstitions. Mm -hmm. The big thing for me, dealing with omens in a divinatory context, uh, in the modern day especially, Yeah is that they need to be things that are unusual behavior. If you see a bunch of crows gathered around roadkill one day out of the week, that's not unusual behavior. No. That's the normal behavior of crows. Mm -hmm. If you see crows gathered on your porch that you have not invited in any way by leaving out food for them, and they come there every day for a month, that's an omen. It has to be an unusual behavior or a consistent behavior, something that goes out of its way to draw your attention to be an effective omen, in my opinion. I have a story that your granny told me long Mm -hmm. ago. When one of her friends had passed away, his childhood friend she used to get into a lot of mischief with, 
And she always told me lots and lots of stories about this friend of hers. And But she found out that she had passed, and it made her very, very sad. And she said she had been sitting out in the in the yard and just kind of crying and thinking about mm-hmm. her and reminiscing. And then she happened to spot a particular bird flying very low and very near. It happened to be a bird that her friend had always liked mm-hmm. and was not usually in the area. Mm-hmm. Not common to the not area. Not common in that or during that season. Mm-hmm. And so for her, that was an, a sign that her friend was continuing on mm-hmm. to the next life. For her, it would have her been spirit heaven. was traveling. Her spirit was traveling to heaven. Her spirit was letting her know that she was okay and mm-hmm. that she didn't have to grieve so deeply and that kind of thing. So that is just a small example of what unusual it, sign or symbol could, could mean to someone. Exactly. And I, I think the, the biggest thing about omens is they are always going to be personal. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about like, oh, an acorn falls on you, blah, blah, blah. Um, those are those are those are generalized. Those sort of are generalized. Well, superstitions, but also things that have been passed down through culture, through mm-hmm. uh, memory, through uh, things that your family has taught you. Exactly. Rihanna Gray says, "My mom always said red cardinals are our past family visitors." Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm sorry, it did come from the Practical Magic movie, <laughs> but I have found it to be true. If your broom falls over for absolutely no reason. Companies coming. Companies coming. <laughs> and it's usually of a spiritual nature. So yeah, there are those sort of culturally recognized superstitious omens. Kitty Catastrophe said that's an Appalachian broom thing. Ah, so she that's where so the they, author that's must have where picked the it author up. picked it up. Yep. The other aspect of omens, aside from sort of the big culturally right. recognized things, which tends to be either small little household things that have been passed down in communities, right, or big catastrophic things like there's a fucking eclipse it means something mm-hmm. there are just those little personal omens mm-hmm. i think like what my mother experienced what your mother experienced with with the bird part of the struggle is recognizing the personal omens mm-hmm. for what they are when they happen right for instance when i remember i was a young woman i probably i might have been high school age it might have been college i don't remember but i was walking down our driveway mm-hmm. and I didn't realize I had walked into a flock essentially of butterflies mm-hmm. and they had been sipping the dew I think on the stones of uh-huh. our driveway yeah. but I was literally and they just flew around me and flew around me and for a long time mm-hmm. and I just stood there and it was like this really intense magical moment this feeling of connection mm-hmm. when I look back I, I feel like that for me was was an omen because I, I look back or a sign mm-hmm. of connection to nature and connection a connection that I had kind of let slip mm-hmm. and that was just drilling you back in reeling me back in because <laughs> it was it was a just an incredible moment that I had never experienced before and have never experienced since. Mm-hmm. And it usually is something like there are those sort of two options where either it's a complete out of the blue once in a lifetime experience or it's something unusual that's happening to you consistently. Mm -hmm. And I think the consistently part comes in when you don't recognize it the first time. Right. And whoever's trying to get this message to you just keeps knocking on the door like, hello, pay attention. Yeah, I I do remember there was a time, I think when I was first getting into witchcraft, Mm -hmm. I would see crows everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, and people were like, ah, it's birds. You start Right, crows are very widespread. And at first I didn't think anything of it, but when it became an everyday occurrence, 
until I started going, hmm, maybe I should investigate this. And then suddenly they weren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Once I got started on my path, they mm-hmm. had disappeared from my regular walk. Right. Those kinds of things. Sometimes it's stuff you don't notice in the moment. You only notice when you look back on mm-hmm. the situation afterwards. Mm-hmm. You're like, hmm, maybe I should have been paying maybe, more attention. Maybe I should have. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes it's trying to hit you in the face with reality. Mm-hmm. You know, that, hey, there's something here you're supposed to pay attention to. It does sometimes take looking back to realize, hey, that was a momentous experience. And I didn't know what it was I was meant to understand at the time. But right. looking like with the butterflies. Right. I have literally never experienced anything like that because it was hundreds of Mm -hmm. butterflies, Mm -hmm. hundreds of little white butterflies. I've never seen, like I said before or since swirling all around me. It was a magical moment Mm -hmm. that I was in awe of at the time. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and go, Oh, Oh, (laughs) literally that kind of magic. That kind of magic. Mm -hmm. The difficulty with omens and signs and portents Mm-hmm. And messages in general, mm-hmm. because calling them omens has sort of a sinister connotation. Well, it can, or it has kind of an archaic feel to yeah. it as well. I think it's because of Hollywood. I blame Hollywood. It is. It's because of Hollywood. <laughs> it's because of like omen and ominous have mm-hmm. the same sort of root. Mm-hmm. Omen feels sinister, right? But right. it's not really. It's just a message that mm-hmm. you're that is being delivered to you. Usually from, like traditionally from a deity, but they can also come from your spirit guides and Mm -hmm. ancestors Mm -hmm. and and other beings that you work with. A loved one trying to get a hold of you, Mm -hmm. yeah. Just nature trying to get your attention. Sometimes the the earth is trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the struggle, I think, with that, with dealing with omens or messages, Mm -hmm. to to remove the sinister connotation, is that perennial discernment question. Exactly. With messages, with omens like this that are unprovoked, you don't have the same systematized way of reading them that you do with more structured divination techniques. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So, like, even tarot cards, which are fairly intuition oriented Mm -hmm. um there are there are meanings for the cards there's there's a basic structure there's a structure there's a systematized way of reading them which makes it easier to interpret exactly whereas when you're dealing with an omen you know that flock of crows following you what does that mean who's saying it what are they trying to say what's the time frame that you're dealing with or is it just coincidence or is it just coincidence and trying to sort all of that out mm-hmm. is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Not even like identifying like, is this a message? But what the hell does it mean? Mm-hmm. And not every time you see a crow doesn't mean that there's a, a message for you. No. Or a butterfly or whatever. But if Stray you, cats. Stray cats. But I think a lot of it has to do with synchronicity. Mm-hmm. And is it something that is happening during a particular time in your life when you need guidance. Mm-hmm. Have, um, you asked have you asked for guidance? Because yeah. something we say regularly here on the podcast is ask and then listen. Mm-hmm. The omens are the thing you're supposed to listen to after you ask. So maybe we should amend that to watch and listen. Pay, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention um, to what's going on around because you. Because the way that deities and spirits and nature and mm-hmm. and other beings the good neighbors communicate mm-hmm. with us is much less likely to be verbally 
They're much less likely to send us like a fully formed thought or... And it's usually going to take some... some try, you, you have to figure it mm -hmm. out. You have to suss it out for what it means. So th you, the tools they have to communicate with us are often natural events, mm -hmm. weird birds following you around, mm -hmm. squirrels doing figure eights, like unusual events and synchronicities in your life that you then have to decode. Yes, exactly. Like I work with, obviously as a green earth witch, I work with the earth deity a lot and I work with natural, you know, natural spirits, nature spirits, the elements a lot. And you, if that's not something that you get a, like you say, you're not going to get a verbal response mm -hmm. to a question. You're mm -hmm. not, when you're, when you're working with a force of nature. Yeah. You should <laughs> They don't speak your language. They don't speak your language. So it's going to be something that is emotional or something that you observe and have to interpret into your own language to understand. Mm -hmm. Rain and Grace says sometimes you'll have to ask multiple times and for them to change up what's happening if you're bad at the decoding part. Yeah, so a classic discernment tool is to ask for a specific sign, to ask for something specific to happen mm -hmm. so that you know you're being received, right? Mm -hmm. So that you know you've got a connection. Mm -hmm. So like if you are trying to contact whoever, a spirit, a god, pick your poison, you ask them that in the next half hour you see five red cars pass, right? And this works best if you don't often see or notice red cars. And you do have to bear in mind that because you're priming your brain to watch out for red you cars, start you're more likely to notice them. But that's the kind of ask and response that you're, you're trying to set up there. You're saying like, okay, send me X number of this unusual thing within Z time frame. That's a practical discernment exercise. You can't do that as much with unprovoked messages because mm -hmm. you didn't set a yeah. condition. <laughs> Which is why sometimes it takes going through either experiencing it more than once in mm -hmm. various locations and and it's not something that would normally occur yeah. or is something you look back on and you discern what it actually meant at the time right. by putting things into context Yep. after the event. This is one of those complicated things where it's like there's a scientific explanation for some of this. Oh sure. Because pareidolia, we know the human brain is cued, primed to we see, see patterns. patterns. We look we see patterns in the clouds. Mm -hmm. That's how we see patterns in our tea leaves when we exactly. do our ratings. My thing is that the scientific explanation doesn't invalidate the spiritual component. Nope. Science and magic are much more closely related than right. People understand or believe sometimes. So the human brain's impulse to seek patterns doesn't mean that when you see the pattern, it's not real. Mm -hmm. It just means it it's a spiritual pattern and not like a statistically relevant pattern. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, absolutely. There's not a there's not a, a scientific correlation between these things, but there is a spiritual correlation. Well, you know, and sometimes we make fun of the people who see, you know, Jesus or Mary in various odd ways for them, that's a spiritual message. Mm -hmm. Whether the rest of us see it or not is irrelevant. For that matter, even the literal Shroud of Turin. Mm -hmm. It's a piece of cloth that you can kind of see a face in. Mm -hmm. And so that has spiritual meaning to people within the context of their understanding. Mm -hmm. It's the same with us as, as witches, 
as, mm-hmm. as pagans, if something happens that we are either seeking wisdom or it happens around us and we recognize and discern meaning from mm-hmm. it, like you said, it doesn't negate the spirituality or the understanding we receive from it. It's simply the, because it might be something that can be explained scientifically. Right. It's the same way that like how a pendulum works mm-hmm. is that your hand makes tiny microscopic mm-hmm. movements that you can't see with the naked eye, mm-hmm. which are intensified through the pendulum. Mm-hmm. Right. The fact that there's a scientific explanation for how doesn't negate for it. how the pendulum moves doesn't negate the fact that you're not consciously making those movements. Mm-hmm. So a spiritual force is using the science of your body to make the pendulum move. Or you are connected to your own spirit exactly. or your own higher mind, mm-hmm. if you will. And subconsciously, subconsciously moving the pendulum. You are answering the questions that you need answered. Mm-hmm. So there's like, all kinds of reasons. These things don't have to be in conflict. They can work together, mm-hmm. I think is what I'm trying to get across here. So like I know I said the only omens that count are, are when they're unusual behavior. Mm-hmm. That's... That's a good discernment tool to be like, is this unusual for this area? Then it's probably more likely to be an omen than if it's something that always happens in this area. But at the same time, if it means something to you, mm-hmm. right? If even if there are usually crows on the street, if you walk down it and the crows are paying more attention to you than normal or whatever, if that, even though it's not an unusual occurrence necessarily, mm-hmm pings you as a message from someone who's associated with crows, it's probably pinging you that way for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm a person who I, I look at the various things like, like the woolly worms mm-hmm. and, you know, to, I look for those signs. You do all the nature. farmer's almanac things. I do the, I totally do the, the farmer's almanac thing because my grandfather taught me uh-huh. to do that. But that draws into other aspects of my life too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm looking to nature and to other, to the various things that happen around me. I'm trying to pay attention so that if something does happen, mm-hmm. you notice it, I notice it. And they don't have to hit you over the head with it. And it is, it is something I read about recently. And I wish I could remember where I read it from. I should have written it down, but you know, seeing these things, it is a skill that you do need to practice mm-hmm. being open and observant to the world around you. It is yeah. a skill. But there's a certain amount of receptivity that you need mm-hmm. before, not before the signs will be there, but before you'll notice them. Before you notice them. Yeah, exactly. That it, it takes practice uh, to actually be looking or what's going on in your world that is always happening. Mm-hmm. And what has happened, and so that when something unusual happens, yeah. some some break in the routine, if you will, you can go, oh hey, it's sort of radio waves, right? So like you have to tune yourself to the right frequency mm-hmm. to pick up the waves that are always there. Yeah, so it's good to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Is basically what we're saying, not only to what's going on internally but also externally around you, and that way you're giving more opportunity for the gods for spirits, for nature, Mm -hmm. for whoever, whatever it is that is either attempting to contact you or attempting to answer you, Mm -hmm. it'll give them more, it'll give them more images to work with that you can then receive Mm -hmm. and interpret. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, well, I asked for X, Y, or Z thing and it hasn't happened. And I'm like, well, what has been happening lately? 
and they'll rattle off like this bizarre list of mm. coincidental events in their life and I'll be like, have you considered that might have been your answer? Yeah, synchronicity, people. Synchronicity. Join our Tiger Kelly on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations, where you can find custom engraved creations for all paths. They offer unique gifts and tools for altar, home, practice, and family. In addition to their standard product range, they offer custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard will create it. Contact them at treewizardcreations at gmail.com, follow them on Facebook, or find them online at treewizardcreations.com. That's tree, W-Y-Z-A-R-D, creations.com. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus, indeed. Mm, good reads. Mm. Yeah. And thank you, Dictinus, seriously, yes. because we have to settle. He's got us into the zone. We've asked for uh, for a peacefulness mm -hmm. and a settledness so he we can communicate, it. and he brought it. So yeah. thank you. I'm going to yeah, Dictinus. Light another one. I'm lighting another one. Hail Dictinus for hearing and answering mm -hmm. and bringing in the peaceful vibes. Yes. And the excited vibes, because this yes. is a good topic. And you know what? Sometimes your answer is just the thing you wanted happens. Yep. We hailed Dictinus to ask to, to get into the zone for the podcast, we and were, lo, we have entered the zone for the podcast. We have entered the zone. Dictinus pulled it out. That's right. Excellent. There was a question earlier from Swan. And there's been some great there's comments. There's been, yeah, some great comments, so we're going to go through those. But first, Swan asks, what about numerology and time symbols, like 1111 or similar times? I've never seen any weight to them, but others swear by them. So I don't have a lot of personal experience with numerology. Numbers no. scare me. Um, <laughs> yeah, neither do I. I'm I'm very much more into natural, natural. Uh, signs and portents. That's right. But numbers showing up randomly in your life on a consistent basis are exactly the same kind of thing, mm -hmm. just in a different format. And I think for people who are very much geared toward understanding math, understanding numbers mm -hmm. and numerology, people who are more logical, or more like people for whom numbers would make sense. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense to me that they would that they might seek that as signs and omens. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of a lot of discussion in math and math adjacent communities mm -hmm. about how math is the language of the universe. Oh right? yeah, and math is how we understand the universe. Read so, the, the early Greek philosophers. Exactly. Read. But I think it's very natural, especially for people who feel that way about math mm -hmm. and numbers in the universe, to see numbers as the universe speaking to them. Yeah, the so, music of the spheres, it's all mathematical. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's not a way that, that vibes with me because, right. like I said, numbers, I don't speak math numbers either, and that's I, what Swan said. Yeah, we do, we're not on speaking terms. I don't know if I have dyscalculia, but I understand those people. So it doesn't vibe with me, but I can see how it would vibe with other people. And mm -hmm. I think it's completely valid as a system. Well, and when I hear someone who actually understands the language of mm -hmm. math, talk about math. I, I love can, to listen to math. I can hear the beauty behind uh -huh. it. Like, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of that movie with Russell Crowe about the, the genius. A Beautiful um, Mind. Yes, A Beautiful Mind. That's what it, even though he, they were talking about the fact that he had uh, schizophrenia, he was able to see math mm -hmm. in a way that other people could not. And that kind of visualized it for me. Rhiannon Gray says, doesn't have to be physically seeing the number like on a clock or something. Could also be seeing that number of a thing, like the classic one of how seeing a certain number of ravens meant different things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah, there, there's, um, I don't know them off the top of my head, but there is a whole superstition about like three crows mm -hmm. versus five crows versus seven crows all mean different things. Yep. Or if you see, uh, when you, if you see, um, birds in a, in a circle, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> when you see them fo naturally forming a circle uh -huh. on the ground or something. Yep. Hmm. Or specific shapes. Yeah, any specific shape. Get this says, I don't know if I'm going to word this right, but I think it's hard to get a certain self-confidence that something is actually a sign or to know what it means. For example, as soon as I committed to a different spiritual path, we had a hawk land in our backyard killing another bird. We're in the middle of a city. I still go back and forth on if that was anything other than coincidence. Same thing when I was tricked into feeding a spider, although I strongly suspect house spirits. I would say that sounds like an omen. Personally, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. No, it just, you know, this is I, what I was trying to get at when I was talking about like, I know omens sound sinister and obviously, you know, a hawk killing a bird is a violent action, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad omen for you. It just means maybe your new spiritual path requires letting, letting go, go of, think of the, it, in the death tarot card way. Yeah. I was just going to say, think of it in the, in the way of the, of tarot when you're talking about change, mm -hmm. it's always the death card or the tower mm -hmm. or extreme change occurs. Yeah. It may not be easy. Change is difficult and scary. Change is difficult and scary, but something different and new mm -hmm. and even beautiful can be built from the the ruin, if you will, right. of the of what's left behind the tower. Yeah. Get this as it was very scary at the time. Yeah, of course it would sure. be. Um, both changing your spiritual path and watching a hawk kill a bird. Mm -hmm. But it, both things are also in a way natural events. Yeah. It's normal to change your spiritual path. It's normal for hawks to kill and eat things. Mm -hmm. Natural cycles. It doesn't necessarily have to have meant anything other than there was a, a recognition, a recognition. Uh, of what you were doing, what you mm -hmm. were up to. Um, or it could have, yeah, it could have just been a hawk was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about that self-confidence, a lot of it has to do with your circumstances yeah. and your discernment. To me, that situation sounds like an omen, mm -hmm. but if you didn't feel it was one, then it doesn't matter what it felt like to me. Nope. It's the same way. Like it's hard for one diviner to interpret another's tarot spread. Exactly. Like I can, I can give you how I would interpret that tarot spread and what those cards mean to me and that specific orientation and with this question and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. but I can't interpret them for you. I can only tell you how I would interpret them. Mm -hmm. And those are very different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ultimately, anytime any diviner mm -hmm. is simply telling you what they are reading from the symbology that they have in front of them. Because as we, I think we talked about during the original, the speaking with symbols episode, mm -hmm. your job as a diviner is not actually to foretell anything. Your job as a diviner is to translate the encoded imagery the that symbols. is being presented to you. Mm -hmm. And that's just as true with omens and portents mm -hmm. as it is with more structured divination systems. And then it is up to the person receiving that mm -hmm. information, that message, that decoded message to figure out how, and even if mm -hmm. it applies to them. To incorporate that. To incorporate it. This is actually a problem that you run into with real translation, like of, of lang one language to another. Yep. Literal translations are useless. They're completely They useless. create absolutely nonsense, useless translations that are 
They can be they can be academically interesting, but they don't give you the essence of what is actually being said in the original language. All you have to do is go to Google Translate, mm -hmm. see how something is translated badly from one language to to another. You can see how, like, just say a, a common sentence in English, and mm -hmm. or but have them translate it from Spanish into English and see how it how it translates. It's usually yeah. very messed up. But it becomes an absolute nightmare. And that's because most languages just don't translate perfectly to each other. Mm -hmm. So literal translation is generally considered in the world of translators not the way to go. Right, because many, many languages have multiple meanings for one word. Mm -hmm. Or there are idiomatic phrases that when literally translated become nonsense. And so your preferred choice is you need to be able to contextually translate. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to idiomatically translate to say, not the literal translation of this idiom, but something in the, the new language that has the same feeling as that idiom, mm -hmm. right? Which is why translation is a very difficult job. Yep. And so as a diviner, you are doing that work, just in that a different same level. kind of translation. You're just translating abstract symbols to whatever your language you're communicating in modern, is, Your right? modern language. And that involves a lot of consulting your own idioms and habits and expectations. And I think that's the reason why, you know, people will be like, well, that doesn't make, you know, I, I don't think I understand what that means for me mm -hmm. because you got to remember that the diviner mm -hmm. is reading the, you know, and interpreting through their lens of understanding mm -hmm. And then interpreting it to something that makes sense to the to the person who's receiving those mm -hmm. images. Who's and then it, translating it back through their own lens into themselves. Exactly. So it can it can some things can get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's the difficult job of divining for someone else. Which is why especially omens, I feel, messages directly mm -hmm. from the divine or from spirit or whatever those almost have to be interpreted by the person by they're the, intended for. You can get some, like you could go to someone who is a diviner or someone who is experienced, whether in witchcraft or, or whatever mm -hmm. spiritual path you're on, and say, hey, I saw this. Do you have an, an, opinion? an opinion of how this might be interpreted? But and You, you, can, can, go you to, can ask for a consultation. Yeah, you could ask for consultation with a couple of people. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it comes yeah. down to you as an individual. What does it mean to you? Yeah. And how do you apply it to your life? Or do you just let it go? You just not. Yeah, you don't you have just, to. Sometimes, even when something is a legitimate omen, when it's a genuine message from a god or a spirit or... or whoever you work with, you can just ignore it. You yeah. don't have to pick up the phone. Or you can say, no, thank you. Yeah. They're optional. Mm -hmm. You can opt out. You can. Sometimes that means you have to go to the person who sent it and say, stop calling me. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to abide by the your interpretation of an omen right. just because you got it. Yeah. just be, I think that's very important is just because you received a message, a message through signs or mm -hmm. through omens or whatever doesn't mean that you have to accept it. Yep. Or or act on it. You can even interpret it and understand it and ruminate on it for a while and go, eh, no thanks. Exactly. <laughs> so Munai says, I just got a mental image of gods and or spirits throwing out like spectral bird food to get them to do omen shit. <laughs> this is an interesting question, actually. When we see these omens and signs, especially when they involve natural mm -hmm. events or objects or animals, is the tool that's being used here 
the God or the spirit motivating that action? Or is the tool that's being used here the God or spirit pulling your attention? Uh-huh. Because sometimes it's a natural phenomenon that's going to happen anyway, but the fact that you noticed it is the omen. Exactly. The fact that your attention was drawn to it is the omen. The tool that's being used is not the event. The tool that's being used is your, your attention. Exactly. Which is why we were saying earlier, it's very important. It's an important skill mm -hmm. to practice observing, mm -hmm. seeing what's around you, what's happening at the time. Look at it as, you know, stop and smell the roses. Stop and pay attention to what's going on in the world around you, in nature, with other people, with mm -hmm. world events, whatever it is. Right. Pay attention to what's going on in your world so that if you are, if your attention is drawn to something, mm -hmm. there could be a reason for it. Mm -hmm. If you see something that normally you wouldn't give the time of day, but it keeps coming back into your mind, mm -hmm. you can't, like, it. just something about it just keeps keeps it fresh in your, in your memory, mm -hmm. it's, you've been dwelling on it all day, even if it's something that normally happens, but you just don't notice... The fact that you're noticing it now means something. That means something. So consider what that means. Is it because of something that's going on with you internally? Is it because a god or a spirit is pulling your attention in that direction and trying to tell you something? Examine those thoughts and impulses. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like any practiced or learned skill, it mm -hmm. eventually becomes part of your muscle memory. Right. It becomes, it becomes intuitive. It becomes intuitive so that when it does happen and when your attention is drawn to something you will go oh hey mm -hmm. you will you will understand and recognize you'll, it you'll it have is. less of that delay yeah you'll have less of oh my god is that an omen <laughs> <laughs> is somebody trying to catch my attention or you'll see it and go oh okay interesting interesting maybe i should think about this mm -hmm. and sometimes something that you'll think is an omen isn't and you'll reach out to someone who wasn't contacting you and they'll say no that wasn't me but while i have you here mm -hmm. If I see a crow and I tap Odin like, hey, was that you? And he says, no, then like, I haven't lost anything. Uh -huh. exactly. There were no consequences other than I tapped Odin when I didn't need to. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like when I was doing my in-bulk ritual, I don't even know how my attention was drawn. I think it's just that I have this little itty-bitty cairn on my altar mm -hmm. next to my Brigid statue. And I think I was like, I had looked outside and it was snowing. Mm-hmm. And I had just heard that the groundhog had, you know, had, predicted, it, more had predicted more winter. And I thought, shit, I need to go out and get some snow and offer this to the kayak and uh -huh. ask her to be gentle on us, <laughs> you know, because we were in the middle of a winter storm. Uh -huh. So that's what I did. And I don't even know what it was what that impulse, what that impulse yeah. was. I don't know if it's because I saw that little bitty cairn mm -hmm. uh, that I created. I don't know if it was the snow or the combination of the two. Because mm -hmm. I was just walking through the room. But you just suddenly but felt, suddenly, oh, that's the thing I need to do. That's the thing I need to do. You know. And so I paid attention to that. Mm -hmm. And I acted on it. A lot of the interpretation of omens, particularly for yourself, which, like I said, is, I think, the, the bit that's most important mm -hmm. um, and most effective, a lot of it is following the vibes. Yeah, because, I mean, I walk past that altar every day. I see that Karen every single day. Uh -huh. And I've been and seeing a hell time, of a lot of snow recently. Right, and most of the time, you don't have any particular thoughts no about it. No thoughts at all. But all of a sudden, that at that moment, I thought of the Kalyak mm -hmm. and knew I had to act. Mm -hmm. I've had moments where, like, I've been doing stuff in my room and all of a sudden my ancestor altar catches my attention and I'm like, oh, right. 
Mm-hmm. I Yes, you want this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's, honestly, sometimes that is exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. But it's because you've been training yourself to pay attention mm-hmm. so that... So that when you get that impulse, when seeing the ancestor altar out of the corner of my eye makes me pull my full attention to it for a minute. Mm-hmm. That's the moment when the ancestors are going, hey, give us water. Or that, hey, give us coffee. Hey, I want that grape. Yeah. <laughs> or that combination of Karen and mm-hmm. snow outside my window. Yeah. Like whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever it is in your life. The things that draw your attention, especially related to your spiritual practice, mm-hmm. are more likely to be those, those omens and signs. Yeah. They don't have to be big, dramatic events. Nope. They can just be things that caught your attention. Mm-hmm. And just in a moment. Mm-hmm. In that moment. And you can choose to follow through or not. Mm-hmm. But it all does come down to having that muscle memory yeah. to pay attention. Swan says omens can mean no, too. I forgot how to get to my favorite park when it was a bad idea to go there. I ended up leaving before going in, and that decision put me at ease. Yes. yes. Exactly. Exactly. Forgetting how to go somewhere you go every day is not necessarily an open. It could just be that you're forgetful or distracted. Mm -hmm. But the fact that deciding not to go made you feel relieved, that's a good sign that, yeah, you shouldn't have gone. I can't tell you how many times this this season that I've been working, especially on on days that have been snowy or Mm -hmm. kind of slick outside, something has delayed me. Mm-hmm. It'll be the most minor of things mm-hmm. that has delayed me. And I get out to my garage five minutes later than I would have. Yep. And I've missed an accident. In December, this last December, I had an interview lined up for a job and I slept through my alarm. I and you slept, never do that. I never do that. I slept completely through it. Like my alarm, if you don't shut it off, goes on for like 15 minutes. I didn't hear the thing, missed the whole interview. Like, it's not like, oh, I missed my alarm, but I still have time to get. Like, I set this alarm way in advance of the interview. So I would have time to get ready and get all my notes prepared and everything. No, I slept all the way through the alarm, all the way through the interview, all the way, like, 20 minutes past it. And so I took that. It was like, okay, I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. Should I not? Is this not a job I should take? Exactly. And so I... Asked and consulted, and what I got back was, yeah, no, don't go, go, don't go for that one. Hold out. <laughs> well, and it's like I, t- I spoke about this uh, on a previous episode, right after my mother passed. Mm-hmm. I had been delayed mm-hmm. in going to see her that morning. Mm-hmm. I had been with her until evening, Late. the night before, because we thought she was going to pass that night before, and I, I stopped. I hadn't been doing this at all during this time mm-hmm. before going to see her. But I stopped what I was doing and I said a prayer and I lit a candle Mm -hmm. and I blessed myself in front of my statue of Hakati Mm -hmm. and I asked for her assistance and I literally got to my mother's side right at the moment that her spirit passed from this world to the next so that I could be a psychopath. Right there at the threshold. I could literally be, otherwise I might've been sitting and talking to my sister. Mm -hmm. Or and and away from my mother's bedside when it happened, but I was literally kissing her on the forehead when it happened, and everything lined up. Everything lined up perfectly, even to the to the stopping at the gas station to get mm-hmm. a bottle of water. Everything perfectly lined up, and I had not done that stopping at my my altar mm-hmm. when I was going to visit my mother. I had not been doing that. That was the only day I had done that. Yep. So that for me. After, you know, after I realized what right. had happened. And it's one of those things you don't recognize when it's no. happening. After but she felt you felt that 
pull that I you felt, needed to do that right yes, at that moment. Exactly. I was ready to walk out the door, mm -hmm. but I felt pulled and stopped mm -hmm. in that moment to spend five minutes mm -hmm. in front of my altar and light that candle and anoint myself and pray to Hakati, my the traditional Orphic mm -hmm. hymn to Hakati. And because of that, I was able to be there right at the moment of her passing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are, and sometimes you don't realize, again, you don't realize those so things. So you're looking back. Until you look back and you go, oh, that's why that happened. That's what I was doing. That's why I was doing it. And if I had just not taken that moment, a mm -hmm. few precious that, moments. That whole day could have gone very differently. Yeah, it really could have. But instead it went exactly the way it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's that. It is. Sometimes it is that. Our tiger, Jim Two Snakes, has spent much of the past three decades providing spiritual and emotional support for individuals that are looking for accountability, wisdom, and safe, supportive space while they discover how to walk their own path. Jim is now offering his spiritual dad service in a Patreon structure. This informal program includes regular contact with Jim and specific guidance for what's going on in your life right now along with a talking stick monthly meeting for some levels and regular phone calls ranging from one to four times a month at other levels. Jim will help you with goal setting, ritual and energetic practice ideas, and teaching suggestions, support, and accountability in whatever it is you want to accomplish. And because it is your path, he will adapt his suggestions to suit what works best for you. It's called Spiritual Dad, but there is no age limit. We all need spiritual and emotional support. To find out more, visit jim2snakes.net or patreon.com forward slash spiritual dad. Hail Dictinus! Hail Dictinus! <sighs> and smoke. And smoke. Good smell smoke. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about on this topic? I think we've sort of covered the main points, like yeah. discernment. Mm -hmm. Do you have to interpret them for yourself? Interpret them for yourself. Sometimes it's not a big event. And just because something is a colloquialism mm -hmm. or, you know, like I said, those things that are cultural, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they don't have import. Right. Just because it's like what feels like a silly local superstition mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it means nothing, right? Exactly. In fact, the fact that it's endured for so long means it probably means something. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for our superstitions and our and these rhymes that mm -hmm. we remember. So yeah, I, I say if you see a red sky at night. Right. Listen, if all the sailors believe it, they do it all the time. I assume they know what they're talking about. That's right. <laughs> so or you know, blood around the moon or any of those things, you know, the red the red ring around the moon or any of those portents and, mm -hmm. and signs. Learn about both the cultural ones Mm -hmm. and observe what's going on around you yep. so that you can then interpret for yourself what's going on. And build up your, your sort of personal lexicon yeah. of symbology, mm -hmm. right? Sort of the same way that like when you do color work in magic, like mm -hmm. there's going to be a thousand lists that'll each have a different meaning for each color. Mm -hmm. What matters for your magic is the one that, that means, means to something you. to you. And that's going to be equally true for interpretation of omens. Crows to you mean canniness rather than death. 
then you're going to interpret crows very differently than someone for whom crows are a death omen, right? Mm -hmm. Your personal symbology is always going to trump the standardized symbology. Exactly, exactly. So work out what these things mean to you. And if numbers mean something to you, mm -hmm. then work with that. Yep. You know, if colors and or animals, specific types of situations or scenarios well and, and we mentioned it and then didn't really get into it in this episode but astrology yeah that's all omens that's all omens that's it now admittedly astrology is a more systematized mm -hmm. structure for for omen interpretation mm -hmm. because it's a form that's been studied for many many years mm -hmm. but like the movements of the stars and the planets and the way the moon looks in the sky mm -hmm. and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff mm -hmm. those are all omens yeah that have wide-ranging effects mm -hmm. exactly that's the whole Void of course thing uh -huh. when you're doing moon work. The Mercury retrograde Mercury everyone talks retrograde. about. <laughs> all these things, they all have import. Yep. In in a, it just depends. It just on, depends on how much import you you assign them in your your personal practice. In your personal practice, if it speaks to you, mm -hmm. and that's really what it is, is you have to create your own language, and then you have to practice observance. And but then even sometimes, like if you don't know about it, like I didn't know Mercury did whatever it did on the third, but that was the day that my phone got fixed. So there sometimes. You know. Shit just happens without whether you're paying attention or not. Exactly. <laughs> and then you look back and you go, oh, oh that makes sense. Because someone else says, uh -huh. hey, this is a thing. And you go, oh, okay, oh, that makes sense. Neat. Didn't know that, but it certainly did bear out in my life. So. And that's the other thing, too. It's like, you know, listen to what people are telling you. And mm -hmm. even if it's not something that you noticed, but they're saying, hey, Mercury retrograde was, was done. Was, yeah, finished, went direct or whatever. Went, did whatever it was thing. And then you can go, okay, that makes sense to me. This I understand mm -hmm. now why this happened. Mm -hmm. this, thing. this explains the miracle. <laughs> this explains the miracle. All right, yeah, I think we've covered everything that we can cover. Did you see any... Any other questions or? Uh, just Rihanna Gray says, same reason they often say you should look at your tarot or oracle cards and determine what it says to you, then read what the author says. Mm -hmm. Yep. And hearkening way back to the beginning <laughs> of our podcast, that's why it helps to have a book. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't so have to be. So you can write down in your own words what yeah. these things mean to you. And it doesn't have to be a traditional book of shadows or a grimoire. Okay, it whatever. can be whatever you want it to be. Star however you, Yeah, however you record information mm -hmm. that you want to refer back to. Like little audio notes on your phone. Hey, saw some weird birds today. Mm -hmm. I think it means blah. Yeah, whatever <laughs> it means. Write it down on the calendar. I don't know. Yep. All right. I think we're going to call that done. episode complete. It is complete. For now. We are done. Yes. Let's see. You can find us on Google. If you Google the number three and the letters P-A-A-C. Mm -hmm. You can also find us on Google if you Google the number three and the words pagans and a cat. Mm -hmm. We have a website at the number three pagansandacat.com. Mm -hmm. We are on Patreon and Redbubble and Discord and Facebook. I write things wrong. Oh, right. Gwen has a has a blog on Patheos. It's called Three Pagans and a Cat, but it's really Gwen's blog. It's Gwen's blog. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do all the writing. I tried to get yeah. them to to write, mm -hmm. and they just don't. It's not gonna happen. But there is a uh, there is a review on there right now that I encourage you to go read. It is a book by Cat Gina Cole. I think that's I think that's it. I think that's all of the things My brain we just do. Like went. Yep, we do various things. You know what? We all did our we job. Do. We did our podcast job, and Dick Dennis said, "All right, that's all right, it. That's all you asked for. You asked for enough brain to do podcasts. You've done <laughs> podcasts, and now I'm I'm out. Peace out. <laughs> okay, I'm going regardless. Facebook is dead to me. Yeah, Facebook, Facebook has been is dead to me for, forever. Goodbye, so, everyone. Anyway, yeah, goodbye. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Hopefully with car. Hopefully. In tow. <laughs> <laughs>
We thought we would have him this week, but then no. 